you need a Bible, there are men in the front that would love to hand you one. Um, we're going to be working from Psalm 2 here this morning. Um, so go ahead and turn there, and I'll talk to you a little bit about the passage. Acts 4.25 tells us that this passage was written by David. And I think it's a great picture of David's perspective as he was defending God's people against the nations. It shows us a view of the coming Messiah, and it shows us a glimpse of why Scripture tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. So let's read Psalm 2 together. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. I'd love to spend a bunch of time unpacking this passage, but instead I'm going to give you several observations as you prepare your hearts for communion. We, like the rulers at the beginning of the passage, plot against God. I know you're sitting there thinking, no, I don't plot against God, but you do. Think of the last time you were impatient. You, with your thoughts and actions, said, God, I don't like the way you've worked out my day. I think my day should go like this. We don't overtly pot against God's people and desire destruction like David is discussing here, but I can attest that too much of my life is spent thinking I'm in control. Ephesians 2.10 says that we, as believers, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. The works that we do every day, God prepared for us, and our job is to walk in them, not to fight against them. Do you approach your day that way? Do you think of yourself that you were created by God and everything you do is there so that you can walk in his creation and in his desired path? What's God's response to our defiance? Scripture tells us that he sits on his throne and laughs. He mocks, and he will speak in wrath and will terrify with his fury. These aren't soft words. It seems like a strong response, but it isn't if you really know who God is. A.W. Pink, in his book Attributes for God, describes God by saying, God is infinitely elevated above the highest creature. He is the Most High, Lord of heaven and earth, subject to none, influenced by none, 
and absolutely independent. God does as he pleases and only as he pleases. Always as he pleases. None can thwart him. None can hinder him. So his word expressly declares, my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. None can stay his hand. God is God in fact as well as in name. He is on the throne of the universe, directing all things, working all things, after the counsel of his own will. So when that God sees man try to plot against him or in opposition to his will, he can do nothing except laugh. He has no right to do anything else. But he didn't end there, where he justifiably could have. What was completely unexpected is what we celebrated last week, that he sent his son with all authority to reign and rule and first to die and save his people from their sins. The last observation is in the last two verses. And this is truly the good news of this passage. David gives three commands and a declaration. He commands us to serve the Lord with fear, to rejoice with trembling, and to submit to the Son. And then he declares, blessed are those who take refuge in him. What great news. Every part of this goes for us. When we sin, we're in the role of the rulers, and God looks at our sin the same way. We can be in one of two places. We can either be kindling his wrath, or we can be blessed by taking refuge in him. So as you prepare your hearts for communion, I'd like you to remember where you plotted against God this last week and confess it to him, remembering his attitude towards those actions and his promise to those who take refuge in him. If you do not know the gospel or do not put your faith and trust in Christ as your Savior, I would like to ask you to let the elements pass by. But I would also challenge you to read scripture this week and see what God has done for those that believe. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me after the service, ask the person that brought you, or any one of the elders. We'd love to talk to you about this. Um, go ahead and take communion on your own, and when you're done, I'll come and close us in prayer.